Welcome to the Gratitude Cafe, positive radio to feed your soul. Your dynamic host and founder, Sue Lundquist, will bring you her own intuitive talents and gifts for co-creating, healing, and teaching. Her show, The Gratitude Cafe, Positive Radio to Feed Your Soul, is focused on bringing you to a higher place each week where you can leave the hustle of life at the door. So pull up a chair and join us for The Gratitude Cafe, Positive Radio to Feed Your Soul. Well, good morning, everybody. Benny. Good day, Sue. Hi. Hi, hi. Hot good day, Sue. It sounded so formal. Well, leading up to our, you know, conversation wasn't as so formal, so I decided to do that. <laughs> yeah, I, you're, you are funny today. I'm sorry I found you that story. Some... That headline was funny. I'm sorry. Would That's you just... like to tell the audience what All right, you so to, please? I don't have it pulled up anymore, but I read a story online. Someone back in the Midwest <laughs> where it's really icy and snowy, go figure, uh, some gentleman was blaring the Benny Hill song outside of said you building have that pulled up. I, I need yeah, to look but, for it now since I'm yeah. talking about it but yeah. apparently he got arrested for it thinking it was funny while people were slipping and falling down all over and I think that's a gas to be honest and I would definitely have money <laughs> set aside for his bail if he needed help out because I would definitely take him I mean that just, is crazy. it sounds like a, it's like a skit right I mean why not have some fun yeah that's okay. just me yeah <laughs> So good morning to you. <laughs> good morning. Well, it's a rainy Pacific Northwest here, isn't it? It is a little bit. It's a little, bit. A little slimy, a little, a little rainy, a little gray. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're here. We're going to shine some light on a whole bunch of things. I've got an incredible guest. I mean, I feel like I have incredible guests every time. And we are going to talk about his new book. We're going to talk about Tim himself as a professional and what he does as a living. And some boundaries. And I'm going to get to that in just a minute. And I'm going to introduce our guest in just a minute. But I'm going to remind all of you, this is Sue Lundquist. It's the Gratitude Cafe. And it's new thoughts, new perspective, new ideas. It's a new you. And I want to remind all of you, we are right in the, actually, we're in the last week of the Craziness Clarity Challenge that I've been doing since last year. It's crazy successful. We're having so many people transforming and i want to remind all of you we're going to be doing another one in spring fall i think so make sure you go to the website and get on the waiting list and that's all about you shedding old beliefs and fears and those relationships you you have relationships and you're shedding those and those experience attached to the old habits you're going to need self-regulating tools to sustain that self-love and that self-care And that's exactly what I do. I walk the talk every day, you guys. There's a reason I created this curriculum, and it's because I needed real-life practical tools to help sustain my mindset going through transition. And, um, yeah, we live in a 3D world. It is. We got pay bills. We got kids. We got triggers. All of that. Can uh, I uh, right? interrupt there, Sue, for just one yeah. second? So I hate to say, but your microphone, it's kind of... Um, it's, Is this it's, better? Yeah, it's on your coat or shirt. It's kind you of, are thanks. so I'm good. So, I, I moved you know, it. I'd love to hear you clearer other than... <laughs> <laughs> I would too. So, Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate it, love. Um, okay, so go to <laughs> SueLundquist.com. Yeah forward slash c to c or just go to sulanquist.com and push on one of the buttons that i'm sure is there that (laughs) he'll make you all get connected is that better benny yes much all right justice shan farber he is going to join us today 
and he is an internationally known sex and relationship author and therapist. He helps couples worldwide with the issues that make or break a marriage. And Huffington Post, Your Tango, and Good Men Project, and have been have been read by over 10 million people worldwide and translated into five languages. Justice Book, the Hang on a minute. I'm just totally butchering this. This is awful. Benny, I'm, what is wrong with hey, what's me What's going today? on over there? Are you slipping I on some ice, know. too? The verbal I'm ice? I'm The verbal ice. Yeah. Good Lord. <laughs> I'm just going to bring justice on and the reconnection handbook for couples, insights, and practices for cultivating intimacy, love, sex, all of that good, juicy stuff. Atta justice. Kid. <laughs> Atta Welcome. Kid. She got through it. Thank you. Bring it in. <laughs> Justice, sorry about that. I've got no. Yes, that's okay. How are you, love? Welcome it, to the it's, gratitude it's, camp. It's a hand, it's a handful, isn't it? Yes, I, I stumble, and Benny knows this. I get so nervous with the last names because I don't want to mess it it's up. It's because it's a pet peeve of mine, you know. It's yes. just, it's, I've grilled her so hard on things like this. So, but well, you did great. You did great. Yeah, you did great. Yes. Oh, between okay, the between the go. name and the book title, it's a lot. Yes, and you wouldn't believe I've been doing this for over 10 years, so bear with me here. <laughs> That's why oh, I think I'm, ha- I'm happy to be here. Oh, happy I'm so to be here happy with to you. have you here, love. We and I like to laugh at myself, too. So. Yes. Okay, well, you know, I do the formal introduction, but quite honestly, let's get the audience to get to know you, what your background is, why you decided to be an internationally known sex and relationship expert and author. How did you get started? Well, I got started some 15-plus years ago when my own marriage uh, disintegrated. And it made me um, really curious about the nature of love, sex, and relationships. Mm. So that was the starting point. Walking the talk. I understand that, Justice, completely. I'll bet. Yeah, I hear, I hear some version of that quite a lot. Yes, for sure. So when we were talking off air, we were talking about some topics and things that we were going to talk about. But before we get started with that, can we dive into your book just a little bit? Yes. Okay, let's talk about the Reconnection Handbook. I'm going to just let you jump on in, how it got started, all that good juicy stuff. Yeah, so I actually, uh, the, the book's about five years old. Um, and I sell it off of my website. Uh, you can find that easily, justashanfarper.com. I, I just wanted to make a, uh, a concise kind of manual. I call it a handbook. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's digital only. Um, but it's a handbook in the sense of uh, its accessibility. Um, it's, it's short and punchy, and I really distilled all that I've learned from working with my clients over the years. If, if, you, if you do this kind of work, you start to recognize patterns. You hear stories. And I wanted to distill those stories and distill those patterns into teachable points. Um, so that's what I did with the book. And I like it because it talks and it goes through boundaries, communication, anxiety, all of that. Um, untangling love, sex, and intimacy. What can you mm. talk about that a little bit? Untangling, untangling sex, love, love, and intimacy. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Those sex, love, and intimacy are distinct topics 
but they're obviously related. Um, so what I discovered in my work with couples is that those, those categories get confused, and that creates problems. So I, I want to meet each on its own terms with its own language, its own set of problems, its own set of considerations. Uh, one of the things that, that I continue to observe in my clients is that the words sex and intimacy are used synonymously. Um, and they're different, and they need to be met on their own terms. So that was, that was part of, that was probably the big impetus for, uh, for that chapter. Mm. There's lots of good chapters in here, and I'm going to dive into that a little bit later. But we're going to jump into, and the topic of the show is Love is Not Enough. Why good boundaries make good relationships. And off the air, we had talked about that. You know, some things that are coming up for my clients when I'm, and boundaries is one of the biggest, um, I'm going to call it hurdles to overcome because you're dealing with self-worth, you're dealing with confidence and standing in your own personal power, not allowing yourself to be diminished. But what does that look like? How do I communicate that? And just as I I've traveled and I still do this, you know, I'm still working with worthiness and self-love and, and not diminishing myself and trying to find a language that's because I'm a natural nurturer and I love to love. And I, of course, don't want to intentionally hurt anybody. I don't think anybody does. But to put up boundaries and to be able to show that other person that they're being supported. I know I'm putting up my boundaries and I'm taking care of myself and finding a language that is respectful is, is a forever growing opportunity. I'm going to say for me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so it's, it's a lifetime's work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and boundaries are developed, and refined over time. We, we discover our boundaries as they get transgressed. And, um, and so it's a work in progress, and it usually involves some messiness. Oh, lots of messiness. <laughs> I mean, there's, I, there's, I, we, yeah. can, we, can, we can think of this kind of ideal that we would, we would know our boundaries, we would communicate our boundaries effectively, our boundaries would be honored and it's really tidy but it doesn't actually work like that in real life does it no we got triggers we got other people's emotions and and i'm going to talk about that point go ahead oh emotion so i just i i um i want to distinguish between two categories of boundaries yes um because i think it's important when when we talk about boundaries we're usually talking about external boundaries sort of uh, behavioral boundaries. Here's the kind of behavior I'll accept. Here's the kind of behavior I won't accept. There's another, and and those are important. Um, There's another category of boundaries which are emotional in nature, and they're internal. And maybe we'll come back to that. We'll we'll, we'll get to that. But I I just want to kind of frame that from the outset. Brilliant. Uh, Emotional empathy. Okay. Can we talk about emotional empathy? Yeah, it's a big topic. It's important. <laughs> I'm letting you jump right on in. 
Yeah. Well, do you do you have something? Do, do, you, do you have a little bit of a frame for us around that? Do you have some questions or assumptions or? Well, you, just you hand and I were off? talking about yeah. I'm, well, in uh, one, I'd like to talk about the definition of emotional empathy, so the audience understands what we're talking about in in the framework of a relationship, mm. right? And okay. we, when we, you and I were talking off air, you and I were going to explore about the dark side of empathy, how boundaries can um, bring us closer in relationships, et cetera. And we'll go into that a little bit more, but I wanted to start there. Are you good with that? Totally. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So, I mean, empathy can, can be generally understood as, uh, a, 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 an ability to experience the emotions or the the the, the emotional experience of somebody else. Mm. The ability. And go ahead. The ability or the experience of experiencing someone else's experience. Wow, holding space. Holding space is is different. I mean, when, when we when we when we really get into this. I mean, it depends how deeply we want to go into it, right? And I mean, this is my world and, and my passion, so mm-hmm. I, I get into it pretty deeply. And it's like anything. Uh, you peel back the layers and you find more complexity. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, we could go deep, but for the topic of the radio show, let's talk, let's, you know, I love, and okay, so first, let me back up here, because you said that's different from holding space. Can we define the difference? Will you do that for us? Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, emotional empathy, uh, and you, you, we, we talked about the, the, the dark side of empathy. Mm-hmm. And it, it's often pointed out and argued and emphasized that we are wired for empathy. We're wired for connection, for emotional connection. And that's true. And it's 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 being biologically necessary, and it has its psychological aspects and relational and so on. It all it's also a, a mixed blessing because we can fall in, and in relationships. I mean, we talk about falling in love, and it is a it is a kind of falling in, and and so part of the dark side of empathy is. A, uh, a loss of discernment. And mm. uh, I, talk, I talk to many, many people in my, in my practice who have experienced something that they describe as losing themselves in the relationship. Uh, and that's difficult to come back from. And so that, you know, that, that speaks to the, the dark side of empathy. And you talked about holding space. And so to hold, hold, to hold space, we actually have to simultaneously share the experience of somebody, but we also have to maintain some gap, some discernment. Some, we have to hold on to ourself if, mm-hmm. we're, if, if, we're going to hold on, if we're going to hold space for somebody else. And, and that's a real, that, that kind of skillfulness, for, for, for most people, takes a lot of practice. And I think it's a really important skill in relationships, and it's a skill and a practice that I uh, tend to emphasize in my writing and in my work with couples, because I think it's often overlooked, and, uh, and, and it has such a, 
uh, an impact on the health of a relationship. Mm, I love this conversation, Justice. So if I could just kind of recap, and this is my language, obviously, so please correct me if it's off or incorrect. So when you talk about the holding space, and that is, yes, you're sharing, it's the ability to share space, but also you're discerning, you've got really good awareness and discernment of what's happening, you know, versus, you know, you're getting triggered from your partner's emotions or something like that. You've, you've really got to just kind of step back and really be a, an observer. Is that correct? Am I getting that correct? Yeah, and I, I, I love hearing it in your language because everyone has their own language. And, and the different kinds of language we use to talk about a topic like this it, it makes it more accessible to more people, and people yes. find their own language for it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So one of the, one of the questions when we're when we're that we ask ourselves when we're practicing this kind of discernment, partly so that we can hold space for our partner, because I think it's really valuable, really important, and and a and a great gift that we can give each other, is what's mine and what's yours. What's mm. what's your when you're holding space for somebody. It's usually because they're having an emotional experience. Mm. And if you can't tell the difference between your partner's emotional experience and your own emotional experience, you can't hold space, and you're in trouble. And that's the kind of trouble that I see all the time. I mean, couples that I work with can't discern. They don't know whose feelings are in the room. Mm. God, that's so powerful. Audience, I want you to hear that. It's it's like, and I use the language just as staying in your own lane. Yes, that's a great, uh, that's a great term. Yeah, it really yes, is. Yeah, staying in your own lane and really, and I like the word discernment. Um, and I, I like that you were talking about the um, losing of self in relationships, that dark side mm-hmm. of that, because I think that's profound. I mean, I know that mm-hmm. to be true for myself. I, I, I have just come out of a 22-year um, situation and absolutely three kids, 22 year, all of that. And of course I lost myself and being able to look at that and re- now to regain and reclaim yourself because you had even just said that it's, it's, it, when you have that loss of yourself, it's hard to come back. So you've got a bunch of rebuilding. It's hard yeah. to come back from in the relationship. You know, it often means the end of the relationship because people have a hard time imagining by the time they really come to terms with the fact that they have lost themselves in this relationship, it's hard to come back from it in the relationship. It just is. It's not impossible, yes. but it's difficult. Well, it, I would agree with that, but you've got to have two people willing to jump into the rink and do the work. And it, there, there's a lot of work there. And, and I say that as a disclaimer because we have people that are listening and they're going to say, well, my partner doesn't want to get in the rink. Now what do I do? Do you have any suggestions for that person? Well, it depends so much on, on the context. Um, yes. I know. It's an but, umbrella know, conversation. I get it. It, it. it is. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, you can do your personal work in the context of relationship to some degree with or without your partner's um, knowledge, cooperation, um, but only to a point. Yes, and only to a point. That I, yeah, hands down, 100% agree with that. And then you you start growing apart. 
I mean, it, it just happens because if one party's changing and the other one is choosing to stay the same, right? Yeah. So let's frame that a little bit because okay. the, the whole falling in love and growing apart thing, you know, it's, it's such a, it's part of the, it's part of the relationship narrative. Um, from, from, and this, this isn't always the case, but mostly we fall in love and, and we, and, and part of the delight of falling in love is a kind of merging. It's a, it's a loss of boundaries. You, you become one and, mm. and it's uh it's a super bonding time. If we think of this as a, uh, as a, uh, in a, with a, uh, through a developmental lens, that first stage of relationship of losing yourself is delightful, uh, but it ha- there comes a time of growing apart, and it's necessary. And either it happens kind of under the radar, unconsciously, um, hurtfully, or we approach it. We, you know, if uh, if if we're prepared. Uh, to some degree, we expect that there's a natural stage of, of relationship where we reclaim ourselves, where we start to emphasize differences. Um, we set ourselves up for uh, a longer and deeper and better arc of relationship. Am I making mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, you are. And you know what? Something's coming up. If we could just segue, and I know I want to get into the next conversation about boundaries, but reclaiming self, Justice, and because falling in love, like you're literally falling into that person, and you do, there's a bit of loss of boundaries because there's so much bonding and connection going on. And I know, and again, we could go deep, 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 but I just want to have this conversation about codependency. When you sprinkle that in there, when you're falling in love and trying very, not trying, you are working very hard to discern and keep yourself in your lane when there is a codependency in there. Can you talk to that at all? I know it's another deep subject, the whole codependency aspect. It is, isn't it? And and, and it kind of comes <laughs> back to language. I mean, there's a whole there's a whole sort of movement in the relationship world with therapists and writers and so on. Uh, there, there's people who would like to do away with the whole idea and the term of codependency. And and there's a, there's a kind of glorification of merging. And um, I think that misses a big part of the picture. Uh, I think some people are prone to what we call codependent behavior. There's, there's probably lots of good reasons for that. Um, and these are, these are the people who have a very difficult time with boundaries. And, and like you pointed out earlier, it, it usually comes down to something about self-worth or about uh, a need for validation, constant validation from the other and an avoidance of the risk that comes with staking out your own territory in a relationship, because there is a risk to that. You might lose this person. You might be rejected. You might be condemned or criticized. You might you risk conflict. So codependency seems to have a lot to do with conflict avoidance. Mm. 
boy, that's a whole nother conversation, Justin. There's a lot there, like, isn't there? Oh, there is. Oh gosh, there's there's so much, and I know we only have an hour, <laughs> and we did have we we are talking about um, emotional empathy and the dark side of empathy and how boundaries can actually bring us closer in relationships. I know I kind of segued over there from from that codependency, but um, I thought it was important to even just kind of sprinkle in there just a little bit because I know that, and I've, I've talked to so many people that they do, they jump into, um, these relationships and there is, there's, there is a wire, there is a prone to codependency because they don't either, they've got old programs within themselves that somebody else, you know, has given them or old beliefs, old fears from past relationships. And I'm speaking from my own self as well. Mm -hmm. And, and, and looking at that and being able to go, okay, who am I? How am I showing up? How am I loving myself? So I can then bring that to the table and then know clearly who I am and stand in that relationship and stay in my lane. So I can discern and I can keep practicing that even if I am falling in love and bonding. Did I articulate that? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. And, All right. And, if you'd and, like to and, add, and, please do. Well, again, a, a developmental lens can be helpful. So we can we can think about relationships and stages, and we can anticipate them. And when we fall in love, uh, there is that sort of dissolving of self. And uh, I, I'm not sure we can completely guard ourselves against that. It's it's very powerful, but we can also. So there's, a, so there's a time when that, and, and it has its benefits, you know, the, the, the bonding of it. Mm-hmm. But we're also going to be called at some point an impulse in one person or another in a relationship or both. Um, but usually it starts with one person and it creates, it creates um, waves, it creates trouble. Something clicks inside and goes, uh-oh, I've, I'm losing myself or I feel smothered or there's you uh, i'm starting to become aware of the differences there's things about my partner mm. that now now it, it used to be cute now it's irritating what do i you know what do i do about oh is the love over you know, that's one of the, that's one of the things that comes up right so yeah if, if if we anticipate that there's going to be a next stage a stage of disillusionment and a stage of differentiation, which is a word I want to talk about more uh, in in a, in a few contexts, but especially in an in an emotional context. Um, and maybe that's one of the places we'll go next. Yeah, let's just segue right there. That was great. Let's do that. You know what, though, it's yeah. eight thirty already. Let's take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about that next stage, and we're going to segue right on into there. Sue Lundquist here with the Gratitude Cafe. I am here with Justice, and we are talking about some really good, deep emotional empathy, falling into love, loss of discernment, losing self within the relationship, the dark side of what that can look like, and the language between you know holding space and sharing space creating discernment and that's a life practice right and to be able to hold yourself to stay in that lane we're going to be right back and that's it we'll be right back <laughs> let me take you there I
preceding audio was via a Skype call. The C2C Live Challenge is your way to sustain your mindset after transition and your soul's desire to create and sustain your life on your terms. 2020 is going to be huge, so get yourself set up right now. With this achieved, you'll have real-life practical tools and self-regulation and have the answers to self-sabotage, stop being taken advantage of, saying a respective no, and so much more. You can do all that while you're taking care of yourself and loving the whole. For more information about the C2C Live Challenge, visit sulunquist.com forward slash the letter C, the number two, the letter C, 2020 SO number two. That's sulunquist.com forward slash C2C 2020 SO number two. The C2C Live Challenge. Do it for you. Hey guys, Sue Lundquist here with the Gratitude Cafe. Yes, that's positive radio to feed your soul. You know what? Give me 20 minutes and I'm going to give you a lifetime of change. Learn to manage your mind. It's just you, just version 2.0. You hear me say it on the radio, new thoughts, new ideas, new perspective, and it's a new you. Let's have a conversation and stop your spinning. 206-300-2227. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Dispenza. I wanted to take a moment and let you know about a nonprofit organization called Give to Give. The Give to Give Foundation was created by a group of people who have studied my work or have participated in my workshops around the world. And by applying the principles of mind over matter and the mind-body connection, they've created outstanding changes in their lives or in their health, and they wanted to give back. The organization is dedicated to providing the proper resources to those people in need to gain the opportunity to learn exactly how to change their body or their lives. If you want to learn more about the Give to Give Foundation, or you know someone that needs help, or you simply want to make a donation, visit givetogive.com. Those who give don't always know how to love. Those who love always know how to give. Thank you. Bringing good vibes to the Puget Sound and the world. Alternative Talk 1150. love. I'm doing this show all for love for you guys. Welcome back. This is Sue Lundquist, The Bridge Coach, where spirituality meets practicality and, of course, the Gratitude Cafe. Wow. If you if you, you guys are just tuning in, you got to go back to the top of the hour because we have been um, in deep conversation with Justice, and he, he's been talking about emotional empathy um, and falling into love, the loss of discernment, and the dark side of what emotional empathy looks like. And some people, they're just wired, um, wired for, well, we talked about a little, a little dabble in codependency, and some people are just wired for that. Um, but we're not, we don't want to go down a too deep of a rabbit hole, but we are going to keep talking about boundaries and how that can bring you closer we're going to come back now and we're going to talk about the difference between internal boundaries, which is also emotional boundaries and external. So justice, let's talk about that really quick. Cause that, that was so profound when we were at the break talking about that. 
Yeah, and we touched on it a bit at the beginning. So the, the, the type of boundaries that usually get attention in counseling and in popular culture are external. They're behavioral. Uh, they're about, here's, here's a behavior I, I will not tolerate. Um, it's the difference between behaviors from others that we'll tolerate and behaviors that we won't tolerate. An external boundary is like, I'm, if, if you're drunk, I'm not going to have sex with you. Gotcha. That's, that's a boundary. And, and these are important. There's, a kind, there's another category of boundaries that I call uh, internal or emotional. And, and that's kind of the, the inner game of boundaries. And, and they're about being able to tell the difference between um, my partner's emotional experience and my own emotional experience. Because as most people uh, can attest to, they can get mixed up and, and can get very confusing. I've, had, I've worked with many couples who, uh, who don't actually know Who's having the feeling? They don't know whose pain they're feeling. Is it their own or is it their partner's? Because there's a kind of chain reaction that gets set off between nervous systems. And there's a whole physiological basis for this that we're not going to go too deeply into. But just to understand that there is a, there is a physiological um, reason uh, and explanation for why it can be so difficult to tell the difference between strong emotions in someone that's close to you and your own strong emotions. They, well, we, we use the word trigger, right? We get triggered. Oh, yeah, it's our nervous system. And then you've got right. the nervous, yeah, you've got all kinds of things happening that you're, okay. you're yeah, the whole biology of it. The everything. whole thing, the whole thing. Yeah, and then that's your right. body's addicted to those emotions or those, those chemicals that are being released. And it's this whole sure. domino effect. But There's I the love- whole domino effect massive but you know this was so profound justice that you uh, differentiated the difference between external and the internal boundaries because an audience I want to make sure that you heard this the external is a behavior that you're not going to tolerate regardless like justice gave the example if you're drunk we're not having sex or you know if you act that way you're going to have to I don't go to your room I don't I'm using that as yeah. an example but you know what I mean and then the emotional or the internal boundaries. This is super powerful, audience. You heard this, right? This is the inner game. This is what's going on. This is the difference between my own and my partner's experience. That is super powerful. For you to just even have the awareness of that and to be able to have some kind of language. So when you do go to your counseling or if maybe you want to see justice, you have the language to be able to um, talk about that. I, I I find that to be very powerful. So thank you, Justice. I know that my audience yeah. will, too. It's important to have a concept of something, and then we can put it into action. Then we can actually practice it, right? But if we don't yes. have a concept of it, then we've got nothing to work with. We're just oh. kind of struggling in the dark. Oh, so, yeah, it's an, it's an important concept. And, um, and one of the topics we were going to touch on was about how boundaries uh, – bring people closer, and, and how they actually contribute to intimacy, which sounds a bit paradoxical. But I want you to imagine that in order to, to, to stay in contact with someone who's having a strong emotional experience, 
to remain in close proximity to your partner when they're freaking out. Anger, pain, fear, whatever it is, whatever strong emotion. If we want to stay close to them, we have to be able to hold on to ourselves, to not get swept into that, to not fall in, to not to not fall into the hole of it. Not take it personally. Uh, not take it personally, and and um, and that requires us to manage our own nervous system. So there is a there is a you know, when we get into like well okay the the the, the how of this. It really comes down to being able to manage your own nervous system while someone else's nervous system, someone that you care about, that you're attached to, that's right there in front of you, right there next to you, they're going off the charts. You know, the, need, the, the, the needle's jumping. And, and you're able to, to, to maintain some equilibrium so that you can be close, so that you can stay close to them. Because if so, here's what I've what I've observed in the in the, the couples I've worked with. If uh, and and there's a word for it. It's called emotional differentiation. You're able to differentiate between someone else's emotions and your own emotions. So when you're able to uh, differentiate or, or hold on to yourself in the face of someone else's strong emotional experience, they have a partner. If if you're not able to do that, two things, two possible things happen. One, you just fall into their emotional experience. Their emotional experience becomes your emotional experience. And that's not particularly helpful for anybody. And, and most people know something about that experience. Most of us have, have, have had that. The other thing that happens, and this gets talked about less frequently and is, is, is a, a, a little harder to understand, but once you consider it, I think you'll, you'll feel the truth in it. If you're unable to hold on to yourself in the face of your partner's strong emotional experience, one of the tactics you'll choose is to withdraw, mm-hmm. to distance. Uh, and, th- and that, too, doesn't really do anybody, do anybody any good, right? So there's this, there's this paradoxical truth that to really be able to meet someone in their emotional experience, you have to be able to hold on to your own. So that's something I think that's really worth considering, and, and it has a huge impact on relationships. Mm. I, and I, I, yes, and I love this. This is such a good conversation. And this could be professional or personal, you know, from a management perspective, if you're dealing with somebody that, you know, is, is, you know, having a very strong emotional experience and you have to differentiate and to hold, stay in the line and not take things personal. That Absolutely. But you still want to be able to engage. You yes. want to be able, you want to be able to, to move in and be in close proximity. You also want to be able to, and this comes back to the idea of what empathy is. You want to be able to have some uh, experience of their experience. You want their 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 emotional experience to have some impact on you. That's important. For example, that is. For example, can you give us an example? Sure. Your partner is grieving the death of their parents. 
and this and it freaks you out. You've never seen them like this. You don't know how to be with them. You feel their grief so strongly, and so you kind of uh, if if you get if if you get too. If you get too close to it, you're just in you're just in it with them. And 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 if you can get out, that's okay. It's okay to like enter fully somebody's experience sometimes. If you do it all the time, you're going to get lost. So that ability to hold on to yourself, uh, we're looking for an example. So yeah, I'm using so grieving parents would be one example. Um I feel like I've kind of lost the, the thread here a little bit. Help me out. No, you're good. You're good. No, okay. it, we're talking. You're, you're totally fine, love. I'm um, okay. just looking for an example of yeah. being able to hold the space. And you gave you gave a great example of, you know, your partner's parent had just died and you, you feel the depth of their pain. And then you were saying if you're able to stay in your line, the ability to hold your line is where where the magic happens. It is. Where the, and, and, and it's kind of a thin line. Mm-hmm. It's kind, you know, you, you, it's a delicate, it's a delicate space, and 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 it takes a lot of practice. And it's you, ha- and it's the ability it. to have the compassion and the understanding, but also yeah. to be able to stay in the lane, to empathize with them, to yeah. feel in with them, but also to not slip into that, I don't know, murky waters of dependency or or something is that the right, right. language yeah. yeah i think so yeah yeah and and, and like i say it's kind of, it can be kind of a fine it's a very lively space yes super lively <laughs> lots of moving parts for sure yeah super dynamic yeah. and and i i, I want to touch on this we're not going to go deep into it but that in in the sexual erotic realm it's a very erotic space so you can just kind of, if, if well, if you can kind of extrapolate, um, being able to walk that line between like intense connection and also holding on to yourself. There, there, there's uh. a bit of a, there's a bit of a gap. There's a bit of a, you, 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 you sense both connection and also uh, a space between you. And and so in that space, there's a there's a lively kind of charge, and we haven't gotten into it. But in in the erotic realm, it's it's an, it it can be an important part of that charge. Two people who are able to meet, but also hold on to themselves, and and play in that gap of um, of, of two individuals sharing a space. I get you. Yeah. That safety of surrender. Yeah. That's a whole nother conversation. Maybe we should have you back going into but that. But it's related. Maybe. So, I mean, I want to is. plant the seed of that. I want to plant the seed of that anyway. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay, guys. So let me remind you who we're talking to. Oh, this is such a good conversation. Um, Justice, in his latest, well, not his latest book, but it's five years old, but you guys are going to get a lot of great information, a lot of a lot of insight and concepts and context. Huh? It's still fresh. Oh, yeah, it's still fresh. The Reconnection Handbook for Couples. And, guys, this isn't just for couples. Uh, you know, honestly, you should be picking it up anyways because it's good concepts. It's good information for you personally, for that emotional intelligence. 
um, please go to, well, I've, I've got all the links and everything on my website and all the social media. Justice, can you give out your um, website, please? Oh, yeah. My website is just justicechanfarber.com. Com. Okay, I'm going to spell that yeah. out. Triple W, J-U-S-T-I-C-E, S-C-H-A-N, F is in Frank, A-R-B-E-R, shanfarber.com. That's triple W, justice, shanfarber.com. And he sells his book uh, from the web- from his website. You guys, you got to go pick up this handbook. It's it's pretty powerful. Yeah, and you right. can download, you can also download a free sample. So you can read the first chapter okay. or yeah, so. Yeah, that's awesome, which is and very... It, you can you can if, if you Google if you Google my name and counseling you'll find my website it'll it'll come up Google's good that way I, I know yep. the spelling's a little tricky yeah the spelling we yeah this, <laughs> but I just let the audience know it's all going to be typed up and it's already all over my social media anyway right, so if perfect. they just want to go there it's super easy to find Great. um personal development drive in relationships is that a good segue or is there something else that we want to kind of um, go into oh, well. I think we'll just we'll just touch on that in in the context of what we're talking about. Um, this. So if if again with a through a developmental lens, I mean relationships mature us. They they force us to confront the areas where we're immature and where we are ready to develop greater maturity. This is um, unavoidable. And we, and we either answer that call or we ignore it. And so answering that call in relationships at some point necessarily means that we uh, that we develop the skill to, as you put it, stay in your own lane, or as mm. I put it, uh, for emotional differentiation, to to be able to discern between the emotional experiences of others and our own emotional experience, and to be able to hold on to that difference. Um, that is personal development. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't. It doesn't come naturally to us. We aren't born with it. We have to develop it. It's hard work. We have to practice. See, connection for most of us tends to come pretty naturally. Um, dependency comes pretty naturally. We're born into it, and we have to develop the kind of uh, emotional differentiation, emotional boundaries. Uh, at some point, or our relation in, in a relationship, um, or that relationship will be threatened, and, and many relationships end because uh, a couple have not sufficiently navigated that next step of of confronting differences. Can you give us some insight on how do we navigate that next step? Great. Um, I, I I really recommend coming back to the body and using using your own body awareness as uh, as both an, an indicator 
and as a as a tool for um, for practice. So. Okay, when wait, we, Justice, we, let me do this real quick because i got to advocate yeah. for the audience. Because I understand body awareness. Um, yep. I also know that when I'm teaching, there's a lot of people that are in fight or flight. And there's there's a whole other realm there that um, we can talk about. But the mm-hmm. body awareness, when they're shut down and they don't know what that feels like, is there something that we can help with a little navigation in there so they can discern if they're if they're dealing with not being able to have a lot of awareness in their body? Is there something that we can offer them? I think it's uh, it's back to the body and it's body the breath. awareness and the breath. It, Good it's the breath. Call. Yeah. So the, the, the breath is, the breath is always, because the breath isn't optional. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's always our available path back to body awareness. It's happening. So audience, we're talking about breathing, taking some deep breaths, getting and the noticing oxygen. your breath. Yeah, noticing it. But, but, so it's about putting your attention somewhere. So when we're in fight or flight, and that's, and that's a great point, and, and it's something that comes up in relationships so much, you know, uh, we, we end up in that, in that state so often with our, with our partner, that kind of fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, there's really nothing constructive that can happen in that space. Um, so it's a, it's a really bad time to make decisions, et cetera. Well, yeah, it's like a child having a tantrum. You cannot have a logical conversation, right? No, and, and, and you can't, you know, in the context of our conversation here, you can't really connect with yourself. Yes. You, can't, you, you can't have an, uh, a, an experience uh, of, of, the, of the sort that we're talking about. So it's really important to to kind of get both your feet on the ground again, to connect with your body. Because we, we, we talked about nervous system activation, and, and that's a very physiological kind of response. So I'll, I'll, I'll usually guide people back into their body because it's from that place that we can, we can start to discern who's having the experience. Are we reacting to our partner's experience? Or are we having our own experience? Mm. So back to the breath, back to an awareness of the body. Where's your body tight? You're probably tightened up. Just noticing, just noticing your body, bringing your attention to what's happening in your body. And the breath is always a good gateway to that, like I say, because it's always happening. It's not, yes. it's not optional. Yes. That, that is, yeah. and, 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 and it's kind of surprising. Uh, so... Because it's not about a concept, it's not about remembering something. It's um, you know, it's 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 the bones, it's it's the, it's the flesh and bones of it. You come mm-hmm. you come back to that, and then and then you re- and then you remember. Oh yeah, I have a body. Um, because one of the things about a body is that it is boundaried. Your body is distinct from your partner's body. So if you can get rooted again in your own body, it it leads to the kind of emotional um, awareness and the kind of emotional boundaries that we're talking about. It's part of the practice. I mean, we have to practice developing 
the kind of emotional boundaries we're talking about. And, and one of the ways that we practice, I mean, first we get a concept of it. That's what we're covering here. Mm-hmm. And then one of the way, uh, one, the way, the way that we practice, the, the, the fundamental way that we practice is when things get heated uh, in relationship. I work with couples, so, but like you point out, it could be at work or, or, or whatever. Um, we come, we bring our awareness back to our body because it's a way of bringing our awareness back to ourself. It's the most fundamental way of bringing our awareness back to ourselves, And we start from there. Mm, powerful, guys. Did you hear that? You know what, Justice? We've only got a few more minutes. I can't believe how fast this hour went because I love this conversation. Um, I feel like one. I can yeah. just keep talking. I, just keep, I can just keep talking to you and talking to you. So I really appreciate your time. Now, audience... We're talking about answering the call to evolve and develop. If that's where you're going, we have just given you some really good concepts to chew on. We have talked about uh, internal boundaries and external boundaries. We have talked about differentiation. That's the, um, the language that we were using earlier, but the definition is the differentiation between external and emotional boundaries. The external is behavior I won't tolerate. Justice gave us a great example. If you're drunk, we're not having sex. That's a behavior you are showing up to be, and that's a boundary. The internal, it's all that inner work, that inner game, right? It's the difference between my own and my partner's experience. So it's important that you have that concept and that awareness so you can start looking at that. Now, another great resource, folks, go and get his book, The Reconnection Handbook. Please go to his website, which I've got everything listed um, on my social media. And I just gave it to you before, but I'm going to give it to you again. It's www.justiceshanfarber.com. And it's justice, J-U-S-T-I-C-E-S-C-H-A-N-F-A-R-B-E-R.com. He's also got an incredible blog that I get, and I, I, I read it and chew on it. I really enjoy it. So thank you, Justice. Yeah, <clears> you're welcome. Me, yeah. And, that's, and that's a great point. Um, it's something we hadn't mentioned. My, if you go on my website and you click under counseling articles, there's about 100 articles, and you can scroll through, and there's, there's lots on these topics and other topics, and you can sign up. I, I send out a new article every couple weeks, every month, or something like that. So that's oh, uh, and, and it is a good so resource. valuable. It is. It's very, very good. And the last one, the approval seeking and relationships with the dog. I loved that. <laughs> mm. But that that's an important topic too. And you know, going into codependency and all of that yes. that we were talking about. Guys, we have covered a lot. It was a super juicy hour. I've really enjoyed my time with you, Justice. I'd love to have you back if that's something that feels right to you. We can we can talk about that off air. It's already eight fifty seven, you guys, and um, we've got to we got to jump out of here. So please go to sulanquist.com and you can hear the show again. You can also hear it in iTunes and SoundCloud after. Um, until that, I guess you guys go to com, get the radio show, get the newsletter, everything that you need, and, uh, we'll see you next week. Until then, each of you are a gift. Get out there and share yourself with the world. If you like the show, help more people find us by adding your review of the show on iTunes. The more reviews we get, the more people we can reach with this inspiring message on the Gratitude Cafe. Simply search for Gratitude Cafe in iTunes, hit subscribe, and add your honest review. It would help us immensely and we'll be forever grateful. It's one of the best ways you can give back to the show with your review. Thanks for tuning in to the Gratitude Cafe. 
Don't forget, every week is a new show, and you could submit your questions at sulonquist.com forward slash gratitude cafe. The show goes live at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time in Seattle on Seattle's Alternative Talk AM 1150. You can also call in to the show at 425-373-5527 or 888-298-5569. Find the live streaming link at sulonquist.com forward slash gratitude cafe. We'll see you next week.